All right, welcome to Sports with a Cuppa. I'm Jonathan. Cheers. Decaf. Recording a little late today. All right, so it's a basketball-centered episode again. We're going to go back in time real quick, talk a quick recap of the draft, because I'm sure by now everyone has watched all the film on their new guys. You know, whoever you're a fan of, you're watching the film, you, you're listening to shows, and the experts, I'm using air quotes, experts on how your team did in the draft. But, you know, just a quick rundown, um, you know, Paolo Bancaro ends up going number one. It's a surprise and not a surprise. For most, it's, it's a surprise because no one had talked about Paolo going number one. I mean, even from the lottery, Jay Billis was even kind of dismissing him as possible for number one. That's what surprised me. I'm not surprised that he went number one. I was just surprised that he wasn't in the conversation. So kudos to him for going number one. See what the Magic do with Jonathan Isaac now. Chet Holmgren goes number two. That was penciled in for months. Jabari Smith, of course, the next best. Goes to the Rockets. Now I gotta show some love to a team that I don't really ever show love to because they haven't deserved it. <laughs> Sacramento drafted Keegan Murray. And, you know, we've seen a couple of summer games, summer league games now. Looks like they got themselves a baller. And it's going to be exciting to see him next to Sabonis and Fox. Uh, last year's pick. So, Davion. I like what Sacramento's doing. And they picked up Kevin Horter in a... Horter? Horter? From Atlanta in a nice trade. So they got themselves some shooting. Sacramento's got some nice things going on. Not going to lie. They're going to be one of those fringe teams to watch to see if they can make the leap into the play-in. And then from there, see what they can do. I don't know if I quite have them as my, you know, this year's New Orleans. But they're there. They're on the cusp. And then the Pistons got Ivy. Great pick. Could be a really good player next to Cade. They had traded uh, Jeremy Grant. Got some good picks, some good draft compensation. And then everything seemed to be leading to DeAndre Ayton. But then a few picks later, they trade with the, I guess it was a Hornets trade through the Knicks to the Pistons. Some, It's confusing. But they end up with Jalen Duran, who I was high on. So now the moves that we thought they were making to angle for DeAndre Ayton seem to shift. Now they seem to be shifting to Miles Bridges, but I don't think he's going to be playing NBA basketball for a while with his new legal issues. So interesting to see, I guess Detroit will stand pat for now. Still got a ton of talent there, young talent, and see what they do going forward. I'm I'd be excited if I was a Pistons fan to watch Cade, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran go running up and down the court together. That that should be a lot of fun. Pacers took Benedict Matherin. Uh, a little surprised there because I thought this would have been a perfect spot for Shaden Sharp just because Pacers can kind of wait for him. 
But then Shane Sharp went to the Blazers next. So now Portland gets to wait for him. Dyson Daniels to New Orleans. I That was a, uh, probably the highest spot we figured he would go. Spurs took Jeremy Sowen. That was the logical pick. And which made it seem like that wasn't going to be the pick. It was logical. Last year, I thought Kai Jones was logical. They didn't take Kai Jones, so. But excited to have him on board. You know, Johnny Davis, the Wizards, Usman Deng, drafted by the Knicks, sent to the Thunder. Then the Thunder picked Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, who I was high on. And again, Hornets took Duran, traded him. Cavs got uh, Okai Baji. He could end up being a, a, a steal. Hornets got Mark Williams at 15. And then I guess really the first surprise would be A.J. Griffin falling to 16. I was a little surprised by that. <clears throat> I think there might have been some injury concerns there. And then Dalen Terry just jumped up the board. I think he was, most mocks had him probably mid-20s. Uh, Larivia got up to 19. Then Malachi Branham fell to the Spurs at 20 after he had been rising up most boards so that's that's kind of cool that's a lucky break you know, christian braun and nuggets walker kessler grizzlies now well they traded him to minnesota minnesota has since traded him we'll get to that in a minute guy that i was interested in dave roddy going to memphis marjan bochamp bucks then the spurs will get blake wesley Dame. Exciting to see him. And then, honestly, I mean, just nothing really surprising. It was actually an underwhelming draft, considering how much buildup there was with rumors and reports. I was expecting a little bit more to happen, especially from the Spurs side of it. I mean, the logic dictated they weren't going to keep all three first-round picks. You know, you're going to pick at 9 and then probably either package 20 and 25 to move up or wheel and deal and get out of those picks for futures. But no, they traded out of the second round pick, which isn't that big a deal because they ended up signing Dominic Barlow to a two-way deal and that was probably the guy they were targeting in the second round anyway. So, interesting that they kept all three which is probably a big reason why we're having the offseason we're having. So let's move on to the offseason and what's been transpiring. So before we get into the Spurs stuff, uh, Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. A lot of people hating on Minnesota for this deal. I disagree. I like that they had a vision. And they went for it. Did they sell a little bit much to do it? Maybe. In the long run, maybe. But don't forget, Cat is still pretty young. Anthony Edwards is only going into his third year. D'Angelo Russell's still young. Uh, so their core is still young. They don't need big-time draft picks for a little while, hopefully. What's going to be interesting, interesting to see is how Cat and Gobert play together. Um, this is the biggest big man pairing we've had in, golly, man, a while. 
and it's going to be interesting to see how Cat plays on defense. On offense, he already kind of has shifted to playing more outside. So obviously now he's definitely going to be taking a lot more outside shots. You know, he believes he's the best big man shooter of all time. He's really good, but now if you're going to add a bunch of a lot more attempts, you know, the percentages could come down a little bit. Well, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what they can if they can get a little bit more from Gobert than Utah did. You know, I think Shaq really hit on the head after that Dallas series that Gobert got exposed and just you know, if you're not going to be able to have a great impact on defense like you normally do, you have to have an impact on offense. So it'll be interesting to see if Minnesota can kind of unlock something with him when he isn't a big impact on defense. I mean, honestly, with both of those guys, they should just play a 3-2 zone. <laughs> and if they lose, they shouldn't lose a rebounding battle once this year. If they do, disappointment. Let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the, the DeJounte Murray trade is interesting. Partially, well, mainly because it was a complete surprise. You know, a couple months ago, he was posting pictures of Zach, uh, Zach Levine in a Spurs jersey. <laughs> Got us all excited of the what could be. So, after everything I've read, everything I've heard, everything that's been reported, what here's what I think happened. Now, first, DJ said that he and Trey have been talking for weeks about teaming up. Uh, I take that kind of with a grain of salt. Who knows how long or if they've been talking. Because honestly, if they have been talking, that's tampering. My guess is maybe at the All-Star break last year, maybe they talked about the idea of it. It was known that the Hawks were looking for a defensive guard to go with Trey because Trey doesn't play defense. So, who knows if they've been talking much at all. Brian Windhorst reported that DJ's team told the Spurs he wasn't going to sign an extension. That I believe. What I think happened is DJ, I don't think he was never going to honor his contract. I think he was willing to play it out, but told the Spurs, hey, I'm probably I'm gonna test free agency. I'm probably not going to return. So if you can move me to get something back, do it. Maybe even told him like, hey, Atlanta's looking. Maybe there could be a deal there. Who knows? And then the Spurs probably like, hey, you know what? Appreciate you being upfront, honest about it ahead of time, way ahead of time. We'll do you a solid and see if we can make a deal. So, it really kind of works out. You know, we got... It's a win for everyone involved. You know, Atlanta gets the defensive guard they wanted. DJ goes where he wanted to go. And we got draft assets, including two unprotected first-rounders, which until the Gobert trade was unprecedented. 
So that's you know it's it's a bummer because I like DJ. That was our guy. But I mean, I gotta be honest though, and I don't I don't want it to sound like I'm dumping on DJ. But let's remember, DJ is not. He was our he was our best player. He wasn't our franchise player. Okay, there's there's a difference. Franchise players are superstars. Okay, these are guys you constantly build and retool around, a la Tim Duncan, LeBron James. Um. Because you gotta remember, DJ was never meant to be our franchise guy. It was supposed to be Kawhi. But then that whole thing happened, which is probably why DJ let him know ahead of time that he was gonna probably leave. But yeah, I mean, it still sucks to trade away your best player. I also don't know how much better he could get here. Uh, he's still a subpar shooter from three. So, but he's developed into a really nice playmaker. He's always been a good rebounder and good defender. So, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know how much better Atlanta really got. We'll see. I don't, but I don't look at it as, as big a setback as everyone else does. Was he important? Was he all-star caliber? Yes, but it's not irreplaceable. Might take a little time, but it's not irreplaceable. And then we've just been kind of standing still. You know, we're sitting with 30 plus million dollars in caps and a little bit of roster space. That's gone down. With the Gorgie Dings re-signing. I call it a re-sign because he was here a couple years ago. Uh, claiming Isaiah Roby from... Or Robbie from OKC is a nice pickup. He's a nice prospect. Someone we can definitely... Utilize and really take a good look at. He's got an interesting skill set. He can handle the ball a little bit. Obviously he's a killer athlete. We, we know that from when he dunked all over Jakob last year. So that's a cool signing. And then we sign Blake Wesley to his rookie deal. Haven't signed the other two yet. My guess is that they are maintaining some roster spots for the inevitability that we are going to help facilitate KD and or Kyrie trades. They could also still be looking at other guys. I don't know. I would imagine, though, the main thing is being in position to facilitate. So that way we can either grab a player or grab more draft assets. <clears throat> so let, let's talk about the KD Kyrie thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. <sighs> Good stuff. All right. So a while back, KD signs his extension four years. And then a few days later, no, not a few days later, but um, right before, a couple days ago, right before the free agency period started, or right as it started, Kyrie opted in. So we think, okay, all is well. And then, then like the next day, 
KD requests a trade. I mean, I, I get it. You went to Brooklyn to play with Kyrie. And then Kyrie rubbed everybody in that front office the wrong way. And now they don't want him. So now your buddy's gone. So of course, yeah, you, you're not really trying to stick around. Here's the problem, buddy. You signed a four-year contract. You have no leverage. I can understand the Kyrie stuff, but the KD situation is just completely bonkers to me. The fact that this guy signed a four-year extension committing to the team and now you're saying oh you know what never mind I want to go somewhere else plus here's where I want to go oh and by the way if you pick one of those teams you can't take any of their good players like dude what are you on you have no leverage Oh yeah, I'll go to Miami, but you can't take Bam back. I don't actually. I think there's a rule they can't even get Bam on by back, either way. But like, you can't get Jimmy. You can't get Kyle. Uh, you know, go to Phoenix, but you know, Phoenix isn't going to give a Booker, and they don't want Aiton. Like, it's it's so screwed up. I mean, if I'm Brooklyn, I tell them like, hey, you got three options. You either accept wherever we send you. You honor your contract and just play here and we'll build around you the best we can. Or you can sit at home until you're 37 years old. Up to you. I get the aesthetics of it don't look good. and Players around the league might... It might make them leery of signing with Brooklyn in the future. But at some point, you know, front office needs to take a stand. You know... You can't get rid of KD for a package like DeJounte got or Rudy Gobert got. They're good players, but KD at times is the best basketball player in the world. You can't just give him away. And if KD doesn't even understand that, then, I mean, he just needs to go and play. You know, stop all this trade nonsense and just go play. Because you just don't get it. So that's where I... I think unless Boston comes out with a really interesting package with Jalen Brown, Toronto's got the package. Siakam and OG and picks is thing is the best you can do. Don't try to get Scotty Barnes, don't try to get greedy. Just get two really good players and some picks. That way with Kyrie, maybe you grab a couple other players, send Westbrook to a third team. And I'm not gonna lie. Sitting here as a Spurs fan. I would be okay with Westbrook for a year. And I'll tell you why. One. We're not winning next year anyway. So. It doesn't really matter. Two. We can get good draft assets in the deal. Which is always nice. Three, it'd be fun to watch Westbrook with our young guys. Four, his 40 plus million dollars comes off the books next year, and that gives us a lot of flexibility. 
And that is always a good thing. So it's kind of a... It's not actually a rental. It's just more of a like, hey, come make your money here kind of thing. Unless they have other plans of solving the point guard issue. Obviously, we got some guys internally that could step in and, you know, do what they can. But unless you're talking like Colin Sexton or poaching Ben Simmons from Brooklyn, and I'll talk about that in a second, there's no reason why you don't take a chance on Russell Westbrook just for the year. Why not? There's no pressure of winning. I, I think he has a good relationship with Pop. I think most of our young guys probably have a lot of respect for him. So why not? Just have him come in, run point. He's a good playmaker. He doesn't have to shoot. So why not? Now on the other end, what about Ben Simmons? I tell you what. Now's the perfect time to take a chance on him. Last year, the rumors were abound. And a lot of people didn't like the idea of trading for him because it was going to probably be giving up DJ and other guys. Now, DJ's already gone. I think if it only costs us, if, you know, like a Jakob and a McDermott and maybe a couple of our draft assets, not the unprotected stuff, but, you know, some of the other stuff we have to take a flyer on him. Yeah, why not? And I know we have Brett Brown, and some may think that he doesn't have a good relationship with Brett Brown, but I have literally done the research. I haven't found anything about Ben Simmons being critical of Brett Brown. So if they still have a good relationship, which I imagine they do, Brett Brown's known his family for a long time, why not? He can come in immediately, run the point. We know he's a good defender. I'm not worried about his shooting right now. Solves the point guard spot. Why not? Why not take a chance? We got nothing to lose. At this point, we have nothing to lose. Going a few months ago, I would have said, eh, no, maybe not. You know, we have moves we can make. But now, I mean, why not? He's got a contract for a few years that we wouldn't have to worry about. Or you get Westbrook for a year and then we get a ton of flexibility next season. Good free agency class. Good draft. You know, why not? The only thing that really sucks about all of this is that this KD thing is going to stretch out. And it, it's going to take a while. Brooklyn has no reason to move at all. I mean, this could end up being another Ben Simmons situation. And that's horrible. And KD is not young. You know, you sit out for two years, come back when you're 35, when they finally find a trade for you. Yeesh, man. that That's bad. Then, you know, Brooklyn should take an overall view of it and see what they're getting for both him and Kyrie and their deals. Because they've done some other nice things. You know, these, they re-signed Claxton. They signed TJ Warren. They brought back Patty. You, know, the, you still have uh, Seth Curry and Joe Harris. You, know, you still got a decent squad over there. You know, you lost Bruce Brown to Denver. Denver, by the way, has been doing some good moves. 
And if they get healthy, look out for them. But it's just crazy to think that right now you don't know which New York team is in better shape, the Knicks or the, or the Nets. And right now it's the Knicks. You got to say it's the Knicks. At least their guys don't want out. <laughs> but, you know, this offseason's just getting... It's, it's hitting a lull, but it's still got a long way to go. And then we've got Summer League Basketball heating up. Vegas is starting up. Can't wait. So look out for Summer League recap episodes coming up. And, yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time.